Happy Spooktober, everybody! It's October, the month of horror and Halloween and doing stuff to pumpkins. And at Earwolf, we are celebrating with an entire horror month. You know Cracked Movie Club. It's an amazing podcast. Their director for this month is John Carpenter, the master of terrifying movies that are also hilarious and full of synth. So check that out. They're going to have great horror movies all month there. And you can also find horror movies on How Did This Get Made, the canon. And there are also special spooktacular episodes of Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast and Who Charted. All great shows and all getting extra spooky for October. Hear them wherever you hear your podcasts. Hey there, Cracked fans. Did you know that we have an entire week of new podcast episodes for you? Well, we do. The Cracked podcast today, this. Then Tuesday, we have a new episode of Kurt Vonnegut's, where Michael Swaim and I go through the entire canon of the greatest author who ever lived. Wednesday, we have the season finale of Cracked Gets Personal, where Robert Evans talks about military fixers in Iraq, a country he's reported from in real life. Thursday, we continue John Carpenter Month on Cracked Movie Club with an episode about They Live, all of the wrestling and lizard men you could want. And Friday is the latest episode of Cracked Mailbag, our subscriber-only show that you can get at crack.com slash subscribe. Hear all those shows wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of The Cracked Podcast. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm the head of podcasting here at Cracked. I am also known as Schmitty the Clam, and I am also, also the podcasting version of Pitbull. Yes, Pitbull, as in Pitbull, the recording artist. And I'm saying that because this week I am Mr. Worldwide. Hey, Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, we are going all over the world on this week's episode. We're doing a battle between every city on Earth to find out which city is the number one movie setting of all time. It's inspired by us taking this show to New York for the Now Hear This Festival. And I don't know what you guys are like when you're about to travel to a place other than packing. For me, I picture myself in that city, and that mental picture is usually dictated by movies I've seen. Like, if I'm about to go to London, I think about the recent James Bond movies. If I'm about to go to Paris, I think about the greatest work of French cinema, Pixar's Ratatouille. And when I was about to go to New York... My mental picture of the city included movies like Annie Hall and The Godfather, even though I lived in New York for multiple years. I had an apartment and everything, yet my mental version of New York makes room for the New York of movies and Seinfeld and Mad Men and Hey Arnold. And that's what this show is about this week. And I know New York gets called a character in movies. It's an inspiration for them. The same goes for a bunch of cities. We're going to find out which one is number one in the world at doing that, at being an inspiration to the art we love. We wanted to cover as much of the earth as possible in this one. Like I said, Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. So we assembled a big old group of people. I'm joined by Cracked columnist Daniel Dockery. I'm joined by past Cracked columnist and current managing editor of Sci-Fi Fangirls, Cher Martinetti, and joined by my fellow Californian lotus eaters, Michael Swaim and Brett Rader. Although, I mean, I'm really Midwestern, so, you know, we cover a lot. It's great. Anyway, the five of us have so many cities to cover. Let's get to covering them. Please sit back. Or look around you and notice that your town is a character all its own, probably with a fun accent and a funny hat. I don't know what actors do. Anyway, enjoy this all-star bi-coastal panel of movie fans crisscrossing the globe. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. 
got a full house in the studio today. This is so exciting. We are joined by Cracked Zone Brett Raider. Hello. Cracked Zone Michael Swain. Hi, hi. Cracked columnist Daniel Dockery. Hey. And also uh, Cracked previous writer and also Sci-Fi Fangirls managing editor Sherry Martinetti. Hi. Oh, boy, this is fun. New York. <laughs> I like coming here. So many voices. This is great. And, uh, and I'm in- walking here. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like it should be mean to you guys just because like, you're in New York. And you expect that. That's all I oh, want. Yeah. Hey, yeah. who's who's this guy? <laughs> why, why, why can't I buy a big soda? <laughs> I actually because I, I step off the plane at JFK and I'm like, please, someone be mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I used to live in Brooklyn, and when I moved here, I had run across none of that stereotypical stuff, and I was like, oh, it just must not happen. And then two weeks in, I was walking past a bar, and somebody in the bar shouted, look at this fucking guy, which That's was amazing. Right. Well, I was going to say you were living in Brooklyn and most of the people in Brooklyn are not from anywhere around here. Oh yeah, they're all expats yeah. like me. So from, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the acting version of like, this is what I think it would be like to live in Brooklyn. But yeah, I found the last one. You did, yeah, you found like the right guy. Uh, <laughs> one thing New York made me think about is, hey, there's so many movies set in New York. There's so many in L.A. What is the all-time best city as a movie setting? What city has inspired the greatest filmmaking of all time? And we all emailed about our ideas about it. And I just real quick want to go around the table with each of us. Uh, let's start with Daniel over there. What do you think is the number one movie-inspiring city in the world? Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> Daniel says Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, we going around the horn. Michael, which city in North Carolina? My name's Michael. Yeah, I would like to live in Bruges, in fucking Bruges. Bruges. I like that he's saying it like with a little. <laughs> he's McDonoughing the name. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. A little a bit Bruges of McDonough. Brogue. I'll explain <laughs> for people who don't know what the fuck I'm talking about in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, how about you? I think my number one was New York, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, New York, fucking city. New York. And then uh, Brad, how about you? New York, baby! Ah, <laughs> the Nets! The Brooklyn Nets! <laughs> Look at this fucking guy. Yeah. Our engineer is now deceased, but we will get a new engineer very rapidly. No, you don't, just need, gonna you don't need eardrums to produce a show, yeah. do you? Derek Gina! <laughs> All right, I'm done. Are you sure? All of the things. That's great. I feel like you have a little bit left in you. I think you're lying. I just had a coffee. Uh, did you like mainline that coffee? I did. I had drank yeah. it very quickly. <laughs> like I just shot up some coffee. We're fine. Yeah. Well, we got okay. So we got Charlotte, Bruges, New York, New York, and I was bringing in London. I think London is number one. Um, I take we, that. I did yeah. London. That was like my number two. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. My um, number two was Machu Picchu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm the wild card again, clearly. Let's get it. Michael sent in an email of like what his cities were: Bruges, which I can only name one movie. Yeah. What Machu movie? Picchu? I, don't know. I can't I don't name know. It any takes place, movies. It takes place in Bruges. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Machu Picchu. I cannot think of a single movie <laughs> that yeah. it takes place there, and I don't even know what the other one was like Coruscant, something like. Well, I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm excited to see what I say. I have no idea what's going to happen. Well, when you plans. pressure me to prove my point, we'll see what happens. Yeah. He walked here at a fugue state, and now we begin yeah. the show. <laughs> Uh, well, let's go. Let's go through these cities. Let's look at why they might be the amazing, inspiring city of movies. And since we're in New York, Sharon, Brad, uh, I, I don't know who wants to lead off with it, but why New York City? Obviously, it has an amazing film tradition. But what makes it number one of all time? Uh, Doug, it's the fucking best. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's 
Well, right away when I thought about this, the first thing I thought of was Futurama, which I know is not a movie, but I think that's New New York is probably what New York City is going to end up being like in like 50 years. So yeah. I just like think of shit like that and like The Fifth Element, all these like yeah. futuristic movies that take I mean, place here. I we we have been talking the three of us who are here visiting from LA for the weekend how much construction and how much stuff and I mean just literally just taking a cab around uh, from place to place today we've seen so much construction and you see on the con- construction notice in front of the you know the the site like a, an artist rendering of what the building will look like and no buildings look like buildings anymore they all look like spaceships yeah so in- yeah did you see any of the giant rats in front of the buildings like the inflatable rats no like oh. well, I, I know what those are but because <laughs> that's also them. why i think we'll have giant rats so it'd be interesting and yeah. they're they're building yeah. an alarming number of pneumatic tubes all over the city yes. i've noticed very futurama like yeah <laughs> but i mean there's sort yeah. of new york has obviously a tradition of um of Dutch, it was settled by the Dutch, and so there's a lot of uh, similar architecture like that you that you, that you would see in. Um, it was resettled by the Dutch, yeah. Not to be SJW about it. <laughs> there were kind of well, some people here before that. I don't know. They I were mean. slightly darker. <laughs> Listen, I only care about people who make good deals, and those guys made awful deals. Oh my god, <laughs> that took a lot quicker than I expected. That was actually. you got New York real fast. This is yeah. real New York right now. But see, here's the thing about New York, and I'm gonna like totally jump in go for it that I love is that it, no matter what it's so resilient so I feel like New York is like the cockroach of cities yeah and like it doesn't matter what time period you put it in like you could put it in the past present future it's always going to exist so I think that's, that's one of my points is that we have a great history of from gangs of New York to the Godfather which takes place in New York in the the 40s and 50s to today to Futurama like you can set a movie in New York throughout many time periods and you're like that's New York a guy's being mean to another guy and throwing <laughs> a guy's getting whacked that is so fucking New York and do you yeah. guys count uh, Metropolis <laughs> and Gotham City yeah, of is course. that also New York? I mean, Gotham City oh. is. Based I mean, they clearly on, are. Yeah, but do we Gotham count it? Yeah. and the Avengers, all the superheroes that are worth giving a shit about, all live in New York or a New York analog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah, I no if, yeah. the Flash isn't like. I'm from Thousand Oaks, California. Yeah. Keeping it safe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like that rural Spider-Man joke. Or in Homecoming, they kind of did a they bit did about. That a bit, yeah. He's in the suburbs, and he's like, "Ah, crap!" Like he's such a New York-specific hero. He needs the t- giant buildings and the plucky spirit. I don't know. But yeah. I think like his suburbs were like Westchester. Right. It was like still kind of. He was uh, making the yeah. the houses were big enough. He exactly. was like, "I can make this work." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Has New York inspired the most fictional cities? I, I feel like it's maybe created yeah. the most fake towns in our minds. But I feel like, Brad and Sherry, you're glossing over the fact that like almost everything you mentioned, with the possible exception of Futurama, New York is the setting specifically because they want to tell a story about brutal murders. Like, <laughs> and you're saying this is where you want to live? Well, yeah. listen, in all fairness... <laughs> My people carried over the tradition of the mob from Italy. So mm, mm. it just happened to be like this was the first stop off the boat. So that's why there were so many murders. But then they moved to Chicago and did it there too. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Godfather Alex, even picks that answer up. for that, Chicago. <laughs> yeah. that actually, and then we did it in Vegas. And then basically anywhere there's like more than 20 Italians, there's a good chance. 
there's some murder happening. Yeah. I can say that. But. <laughs> can you? you guys can. <laughs> I can because I have the vowel in my last name. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think there's a beautiful tradition of film and television set in New York. Uh, from Thanks, Woody. <laughs> and I, Horrible and, example. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to bury you guys. I'm developing negative connotations around your But, like, kids. the fifth yeah. element takes place in New York. It certainly does. Yeah, dude. That's a fucking great movie. It absolutely is. Thierry Orbe, And there's something to say, and, and we could talk about this with London as well. New York and London, uh, at least in terms of Western cities, these are, like, world cities where you have people from all continents, all yeah. nationalities coming together and living within blocks of each other. And you can go from little Ethiopia to little Italy to Chinatown, you know, not geographically like in the same block, but, <laughs> right. you, but you know, but you know what I mean. And by the way, how come everyone else is little, but Chinatown everywhere doesn't get miniaturized? Like they don't get the little, they will not accept that. Approach. Like we have little Armenia, little no. Korea. And they're like, we don't have, you don't call well, it's us not little, little Korea well, here. No, no, it's Korea it's Korea town. town. Korea yeah. town. That's true. There's yeah. little Tokyo. And they're China, like, you don't right? call yeah. it little China. We don't like that. You don't call it little Korea. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm imagining some guy in the 1800s with a top hat. Like, these are the lists of countries and ethnicities. <laughs> yeah. These are town. These are little. Get <laughs> yeah, it right. It's always either a town or a little. Yeah. I've chosen this. <laughs> that's exactly how it happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that time period flexibility is such a thing. Like, uh, that was a lot of why I picked London, because it can stand in as the place to set a story across all kinds of centuries like you can go from i mean shakespeare's stuff doesn't quite happen in london it's up the rivers streets what's england anyway uh you can be all the way in a dystopian future or hundreds of years in the past and it's still recognizably that city and it's that place well one of my uh one of my favorite things about new york movies is the fact that uh you can create an identifiably New York movie no matter what budget you have. Oh, yeah. Um, like, if you have $200 million, your New York movie is about destroying the shit out of New York. <laughs> uh, if you have, like, a $50 million movie, your movie's more street level. It's like, ah, oh, look at <laughs> look at these <laughs> weird kids trying to make their way in the city. And if you have a $1,000 budget, it's like, man, the inside of this dive bar. Like, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Like, even, like, from, like, the 70s, like, you had Martin Scorsese making movies here. Uh and they were more like street level. And if you like want to drop the budget, you had guys like weird guys like Larry Cohen just making again, just making movies in dive bars. That was that was his one setting: dive bars with Michael Moriarty. That's it. But that's probably one of my favorite things about it is like if you were to set like a movie in like my hometown, it'd be like, well, I guess we'll put the tree in there and the one subway, and then I guess we'll end it at the Food Lion. That's what we'll do. But in New York... You're completely no discounting the vacant lot. we got to use that yeah. lot. What is your, what is your hometown? Uh, Pufftown, North Carolina. Where? Pufftown? Uh, it sounds like a made-up town. It's yeah. from New York. We don't know about any place called Pufftown. How you spell that? P-F-A-F. Get the fuck out. It's, it's more like Pfft-town, if you ask me. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, all our, all What's our your mics? team, the fucking cotton balls? Get out of here. <laughs> but, but no matter what, uh, if you do it like a small town, there's like one memorable thing that you could base a city, base a movie around. But New York, no matter what budget you're working on, and I think that's why people set so many movies here, is because if you like limited budget or a lot of budget, it's like, okay, I can make this interesting. There's a story but I there's, can tell. Yeah, there's, there's so also many. that like yeah. cliche. I'm so sorry. There's that cliche, oh, well, the city acts as its own character to the story. 
Yeah. But it does, yeah. and the cast yeah. of characters that you get as extras, like Baby Driver came out. Say what you want about that movie. I don't know why people are like so uh, like split and two about it. But that movie like really tries to take place in Atlanta. Even They shoot a lot of stuff in Atlanta because of the tax breaks and whatever. But they're trying to make that movie take place in Atlanta. You can't have someone walking down the street in Baby Driver or a movie that takes place in Atlanta and have just like some random – Extra be like, what the fuck are you doing? You'd be like, what the fuck? What is, what is this doing in this movie? But in New York, you're like, oh, yeah, this movie just takes place in New York. People <laughs> shout at people for Random no interference yeah. is allowed. Yeah. yeah. Why yeah, does well, that make you guys want to live there? That's the dot I'm not it's, it's like a charm to it. It's like, uh, it's okay. like. Well, it, it doesn't have to be where you want to live. It's where you want to see stories set and where yeah. your stories are. But then I'm even less prepared than I thought I was. But, <laughs> <laughs> but also, like in terms of people yelling at people on the street yeah. and being very confrontational, like Michael, you're picking Bruges, Belgium, because Martin McDonough brings out that same quality. I think partly, right? Like it, he makes it a place where mobsters are shouting at each other in a way that's incredible. That's a great answer, Alex, and I could run with that. But <laughs> but, I actually, but I actually was prepared, and I have a real joke answer. Oh great! Uh, but I are we transitioning? I don't want to take. I want I want to start touching York. on. Other I would like, I would like to talk a little bit about the sort of insults you get thrown uh, when you're at Machu Picchu. <laughs> Specifically, I yeah. want to talk a lot about Machu Picchu. They're all. Over they're mostly about the craftsmanship here. of your stonework. Like that's not going to last fifty thousand years. Yeah. Get out of here. Sorry. Continue. What do you use? Mortar. Um, <laughs> but the real answer behind my joke answer of Bruges, which if you haven't seen in Bruges, see it. Martin McDonough is amazing. The Pillow Man's also amazing. That's a play. But yeah, should he's be a, a movie. playwright and filmmaker, and then the movie has Colin Farrell and uh, Brendan Gleeson, and, and it's great. Peter's yes. Place. But the reason I chose that movie is central to my point is the main character in that movie is in Bruges, which is a real town in, I didn't even look it up, Belgium? Belgium. I don't care. Yeah, Belgium. This is cogent <laughs> to my point. It doesn't matter. Because the point is, he's there, and the whole time in the movie, he's like, I don't know where the fuck I am. Like, what is Bruges? I know nothing about Bruges. What is the culture of Bruges? How did I end up in fucking Bruges? It's like stuck in Lodi again, but it's a European town. Yeah, and only one character is interested in its history, and all the other characters are like, frustrated with that. What the fuck that. are you talking about? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so my answer is really because I did think it's where we'd want to live. I want to live in the fictional Disneyfied version of all of those kinds of countries that I have in my head thanks to movies, shows, and books. And by those kinds of countries, I mean... Belgium, the Netherlands, Sweden, Finland, Iceland, Greenland. So you basically want to live Northern on the It's Europe. a Small World ride. <laughs> I, yes, because okay. here are the things from various movies and shows and documentaries that I know. And I know a bunch of them must be bullshit, but we're talking about the stories we tell ourselves about these places, right? Right, yeah. So I feel like from the American viewpoint, places like that, the things I know are legal weed, uh, heroin's legal, but they have no overdoses somehow. Um, there's no prisons. Murderers just get to go live in a cabin in the woods, and yet they're totally rehabilitated and never commit crimes again. The best healthcare in the world, the highest GDP, the happiest people in the world. Yeah. So you'd have to overlook the glaring fact that it's 100% white people. And that's unsettling. <laughs> I mean, like, I do think New York has to win in the sense that, like, when someone goes, you know, 
there's no racism in Belgium. And I'm like, there's no races in Belgium. <laughs> Makes it easy. Um, so if you all overlook the glaring fact that these are all tiny homo- homogenized populations, and that's why it's so easy, I think every depiction is super positive and almost like you said, Cher, like it's a small world after all yeah. would be set. And like yeah. there's an old stereotype that Swedish women are the most beautiful in the world that I don't think is even a stereotype anymore. But you'll see like jokes about that on like married with children and whatnot. Um, But it's like this mythical place of beautiful, pristine snow and everyone's gorgeous. And if you saw Let the Right One In, even if there's... That's a great movie. Even if there's vampires, they're good and they're on your side. And they find the only creepy guy in Finland and kill him for you. Like, everything is great there. And I just want to live there. And it's funny to me because, like, two of the reasons I want to live there are people don't shout insults at you on the street, I don't think. Or at least that's my false impression of it. And, like, it's not like New York. (laughs) Well, because certainly within Bruges, like, the people shouting insults are transplanted English and Irish mobsters hiding out. Yes. The the locals are very contrasted as people who are perfectly nice and (laughs) And not again. This is totally not true in any real life sense, but I feel in American movie verse, people from the Netherlands and like Northern Europe are interchangeable with people from Canada, basically, like the way we view them. (laughs) They're super just nice and polite and it's going to be fine. If anyone's the asshole or like a problem or bringing a gun into the story, it's you. You brought the gun. So So you want to be the asshole in this fictional Disney setting? Yes. Okay. Like that Steve Van Zandt show. (laughs) Lily Hammer, the first Netflix original production of all time. Rest in peace. My point is, if I'm going to live in a fictive universe, I don't. I want to be the apex asshole because otherwise, I have like risks and dangers. In the film version of New York, you bet your ass, I get garroted from behind. (laughs) I don't like join the mob. I'm dead in a heartbeat. But in the Netherlands, I'm the asshole. So you want to be the bad guy in the movie about? I want to be the Larry David. Rather than trying to make it in a city where if you can make it here, you make it anywhere, I want to be a big fish in a small pond who's the only one that owns a gun. (laughs) That's what I want. I would would watch a version of Let the Right One In where it's just like, you see, I am eternal. And then, like, you come in, like, you call that a fucking vampire? That ain't no vampire. I can stake the shit out of this little kid. Of course you can. Please don't. He's my friend. Oh, we should never let you go to Europe. I was just going to say, I'm almost yeah. afraid we asked you what city. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it just yeah. took a turn. Unleash me on Europe. That'd be an interesting podcast called He's the Asshole. That, that's great. <laughs> I travel to Belgium and I go like, this is Amsterdam, right? Give me hash. <laughs> that's right. I'm the asshole. <laughs> well, it also that idea you're talking about where Europe in general becomes sort of a space that's homogenous where Americans are getting into hijinks that has been a really consistent comedy setting in a fun Euro way. trip. Yeah. yeah. National Lampoon's European vacation. Right. Like uh, I feel like short yeah. of Spain and France Greece, like standouts that have developed a fictive personality in film in American yeah. film. Uh, Europe is like a white smear of area like Northern Europe, yeah, for yeah. us to like goof around on. And only, and I feel like only certain smaller countries, like Paris, is very distinctive. Rome is very distinctive. Right. Uh, uh, Vicky Cristina Barcelona is specifically Barcelona. Mm-hmm. It's not just oh, what's amorphous Europe, you right. know. But there are certain countries that we've taken, like Belgium, and been yeah. like, eh, you know, Europe. 
I like fjords. I want to try lutefisk. What's not to like? They eat... Why do you want to try that? I don't think those are in Belgium. <laughs> yeah, those are definitely not. You're not following. Are they like in Lithuania? The or racist something? premise of my pick. All these places are the same place. That's a well. Uh, let's go. Let's go completely a, a whole nother direction with uh, the very distinct place of Charlotte, North Carolina. Daniel, what draws you to the filmmaking built around Charlotte, North Carolina? Well, first of all, since uh, Michael started off his thing by saying "In Bruges," I'm gonna do the distinct dialogue of Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, yeah, I've yeah. seen the Charlotte Motor Speedway. I never. Oh, oh buddy. <laughs> Um, uh, wow. could, could you repeat that? Are you coming uh, but, on to me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'll, they oh, don't boy. talk like that there. Uh, it's like water boy. We can't, yeah, <laughs> we can't close caption. Uh, I know. Just please. <laughs> no, um, I, uh, before I moved to New York about five months ago, <laughs> welcome me. Um, uh, I lived in North Carolina my entire life, and I've seen a lot of movies set in North Carolina. And a big problem with movies set in North Carolina is that they have one of two ways. There is either like the blue velvet way where it's like this is a small town, but there's a seedy underbelly. Right. Or it's like, oh, this like the Walking Tall-esque movies where it's like, this used to be a good town until Vernon P. Walmart moved in. And now, <laughs> now daddy can't get work and ma has the flu or like something. Um, and, or there's the uh, like the Nicholas Sparks way. Every oh. movie is about a woman with initiative who decides to stay in her small town because the dude likes to build barns or whatever. That's surprisingly it's, robust uh, different ways it goes. I hadn't thought for of this, that, that particular town. And then yeah. she usually dies, right? Yeah, in the Nicholas either, Sparks also yeah, either as she, punishment for her independence. And she also definitely lives on like a house that was like on a former plantation that yeah, like, was in her family yeah. forever. Either she <laughs> dies or like her mom dies or somebody close to her dies that forces her to be like, well, maybe there ain't no sunsets in that big city. I should stay here with Brian <laughs> <laughs> and raise 15 kids. Like... <laughs> If that's every Nicholas, that's the aftermath of every Nicholas Sparks movie is someone being like, I should have taken that fucking reporter job. I should have done it. Should have just moved to Philly. I want to ask, are, are there a lot, what are some movies for people who don't know that are built around people like seeing Charlotte as the big city okay. or the thing uh, to approach? Well, that was a setup. Those those movies are everywhere and you can find them in your local, uh, I don't know. Computer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Find them in your local browser. We uh, all We all forgot how media works for a second. <laughs> We all lost it. <laughs> Tape deck? I don't know. Um, Luke Booster. <laughs> there, there's been a recent trend in movies set in the South and like North Carolina that I kind of hope continues, like Logan Lucky, which just came mm -hmm. out. Yeah, Charlotte I, Motor Speedway, right? Uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway, yeah. or something like uh, Eastbound and Down, which oh, I, ex so I extremely enjoy. Yeah. Um, where you, and I, gosh, sadly, I kind of relate to like these like blustering kind of dumb North Carolina characters that treat Charlotte and the way it's shot doesn't belie that there's anything ironic about it. Like, there's a scene in, I think it's like season four of East Bend and Down where Danny McBride is in, like, his, like, $80,000, like, hot green car and, like, dubstep's playing and he's, like, driving around, like, the interstate around Sh and Charlotte's in the background. And it's, like, the amount of, like, joy that's apparent on his face, like, to them, to these characters that have never been outside of North Carolina, and also to me, when I went to Charlotte for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, Mr. Rockefeller, look at these big old buildings. Um, <laughs> I hope uh, you said that out loud in real life. That's well, amazing. I, I'm liable to snap my suspenders. <laughs> it's, um, to them, it's the the apex of, like, wealth and class. It They see it the same way that people see, like, New York or L. It's this... To them, Charlotte is this cheerwine-soaked L.A. that oh, is yeah. just 
Like and has everyone had cheer wine? It's great. Yeah, I have so not, but I have some like knowledge on Charlotte because I lived there for a little bit. Oh, you did, and you yeah, never I drank did. cheer wine. It's, just, it's interesting to hear this because I lived there after like living here. So I want you to finish because my opinion and take of it was so different. Yeah, I, and if you're listening at home, cheer, cheer wine is a delicious soda. Yeah. It's a proprietary <laughs> soda that only exists in a very limited number of southern states. Yeah. yeah. Go buy it at a grocery store and then go across the street to Krispy Kreme if you guys uh, ever find yourself in North Carolina. Krispy Kreme, <laughs> another very obscure chain only in the deep south. Yeah. There's Krispy Kremes all they've, over They've the spread US. a lot, That's, actually. That yeah, was yeah. the joke that yeah, I was, was making <laughs> with my mouth. Just the way, like, I don't I don't know. Like, if you know, if the right opportunity came up, sure, Charlotte sounds great. But the Charlotte I want to live in is the Charlotte that these guys see. In movies. Is the, yeah, the guys in the, the two movie one movie slash one tv show that i just described is i i want to live in their charlotte where it's the land of like ceaseless southern hospitality slash opportunity where nothing could possibly ever go wrong because it's still north like still like south enough so that it's like well i'm gonna be a big shot here but big city enough to be like well i have i could do anything um, and that's, I don't know, that's the, uh, that's the city that I'm most interested to see in movies right now is because the way that, the way that I see it, if I go there, I'm like, ugh, the traffic's terrible here. There's not that much to do. But in movies about these dumb, brash, redneck characters, there's everything to do. There's a limitless <laughs> There's literally of nothing to do in Charlotte, no. North Carolina. Like in yeah. reality, there is nothing. In They're reality. Wrong. <laughs> and it's funny because like the whole city felt like felt to me like what the financial district of New York City felt like on a weekend up until about five years ago when they started like actually putting stuff down there. Yeah. Everything closes early. Right. And it kind of felt like somebody built a like a soundstage of what they think a city is like. Mm, And then there was like no people. Downtown LA was like that until recently as well, where you're like, if it's at night, you're like, how does this support itself? It's just giant empty buildings and no one. And like Charlotte as a city, which this is what fucked me up a lot, is like, it's huge, there's a lot of sprawl, but it's like, you don't have a lot of things happening. So it's like, you have the downtown Charlotte, which is like, (gasps) like he says, like a Mecca. And then, I'm like, there's fucking nothing here. There's like literally, huh. it's like nothing. It's so crazy, but then you have the it's, Speedway. Yeah, I'm surprised by that too because I feel like just geographically, Charlotte is kind of the big city for both Carolinas. It's right yeah. right yeah. between them and it's, I think, the biggest city in North Carolina or and would be in South Carolina. And they tout yeah. it as like, um, everybody's like, oh, this is the most liberal city in the South. Meanwhile, it's like there's Jesus signs everywhere. They <laughs> love Jesus, ranch dressing, and butter in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. It's yeah, just like, I like two of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jesus arguably espouses a lot of very liberal progressive values. But I get, uh, you're saying people that post a bunch of Jesus stuff usually Not don't. Not so yes. much, yeah. yeah. But I think Jesus was a cool So just dude. like, it's just interesting to like, think of it as a backdrop for yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. I'm also, I, I love that perspective on Charlotte as being a, oh, this is the Mecca we all come to. Because I grew up with that with Chicago. I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. And there are, there's a limited number of Chicago movies that kind of treat it the same way. In particular, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and also the Blues Brothers. Like the entire plot of the Blues Brothers is like an Odyssey type trip to the like McCormick place in the middle of Chicago. And it's because it's even just physically, it's like this tower that you work your way toward if you want to go. And, and it's such a center of the whole area. And I, 
I like that subgenre of of Chicago movies that treat it as somewhere that is kind of people are coming toward. Well, it's how do you feel about the Wayne's World? Yeah, movies. Those oh, are fantastic. They're great. I actually, I, my brother used to live in Aurora, which is where they specifically are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my uncle found out my brother was moving to Aurora and like spit taked. It was great. Just he was played like from Wayne's Weaver World over the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. Isn't like every John Hughes movie like based yes. off of living right outside of Chicago in like a fictional suburb? That's like an amalgam of yeah. all. Yeah, John Hughes area. is like the bard of. Will Matt, Illinois, like all these different, especially North Shore, wealthier suburbs where people are just all of his movies are placed there. And sometimes they don't even go into the city like uh, other than O'Hare Airport. Home Alone doesn't really touch it. Um, uh, The Breakfast Club doesn't get there. But Ferris Bueller, it's like it's like they're on an odyssey to go there and then see this incredibly specific German-American parade and, (laughs) and, and like the entire Art Institute shot by shot. It's great. Yeah, I make you're making my point here. Because the first Home Alone movie doesn't give a shit about Chicago. Oh. But the second oh. Home Alone movie, he's lost in New York, baby! <laughs> and New York is a character, whereas in the first one, Chicago, it doesn't matter that he's in Chicago. I'm with Brett on this one. I'm so excited about New York, Brett. It's the best. Oh, it was great. <laughs> but you can actually kind of make that argument with Charlotte, too, because the thing that everybody loves about Charlotte and how they, like, try to sell it is that all these New Yorkers moved down there after 9-11 because all, like, the banks went down there. So it's, like, yeah. such a northeastern city yeah. in the south. Uh-huh. A, a big thing that uh, a big thing that strikes me about Charlotte <laughs> is the fact that there's if you go to like any of like North Carolina towns, there's tall buildings, but there's like the one tall building in town. <laughs> they have three and in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah Charlotte <laughs> is like they're within driving distance of each other. Ho ho! Like <laughs> Charlotte does try though. Yeah. Charlotte tries. Bless its heart, it does try. How's it's, the math scene in, Har- in Charlotte? The math scene? The math scene. Yeah, oh, the math scene. They said the math scene. Well, very I, good because there's very, very Bank of America. It's doing nice. there. It sounds like you're describing my town, or I grew up in a small, small town that sounds like that. And so the thing was meth. Like, you were like, every town's defined by like one thing. I feel like the thing in Charlotte is just drinking and driving. Yeah. Drinking and everyone driving. has a DUI, a and everyone <laughs> drives like a... a like a Vespa or a scooter because they all don't have their license. From the one tall building to the other tall building. (laughs) Watch me go! So everyone who's on not a motorcycle but like a Vespa is someone who likely has a DUI. Yes, because in Charlotte, and I know this because I bought a Vespa when I lived there because I didn't want a car because I came from New York. And I was like, oh my God, I fucking want a Vespa. And then everybody's like, oh, do you have a DUI? They're because like, you don't you, need, if it's, under, <laughs> if it's under a certain amount of like CCs, you don't need a license at all. Oh, so, so everyone would have one because they were all had fucking DUIs. I and wonder like, if golf carts, when you occasionally yeah. see like an old man driving a golf cart, to the grocery store, you're like, you drove on heroin once, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> and there's a whole bike lane of Vespas of people just swerving in and out, drinking. I would love to live in a town beer. where everyone is drunk and <laughs> and on like, Vespas. The law is you can only drive drunk and you can only drive Vespas. That's a movie about Charlotte. I would totally want to see. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, Cracked fan or fan of just this show. Do you like other podcasts? Cracked is bringing you more and more shows all of the time. There's already Cracked Movie Club, Cracked Gets Personal, Kurt Vonnegut. Now we have a show called Cracked Mailbag, and it's part of a subscription service that we offer from our website starting now. Our subscription offers you all kinds of ad-free, exclusive, and enjoyable access to more of our website 
And my favorite part of it is the podcast Cracked Mailbag. Daniel O'Brien, Cody Johnston, and a rotating group of Cracked staffers answer your questions. You tweet them to us, and then the answers come to you on the show. It's a weekly hangout coming out every Friday, and you can only get it by joining the Cracked Private Reserve. So go to Cracked.com slash subscribe and enjoy more of our website anytime you want. One more time, that's Cracked.com slash subscribe. Stitcher Premium is entering the musical podcast space with the new three-part series, Stolen Idea, written by Matt Besser and Bobby Matthews. Stolen Idea is a comedy punk rock musical that covers the theft of intellectual property in both the music and comedy worlds. Hey, I like those worlds. The story follows a stand-up comedian and a rock musician who are both approaching 40 and are fearful their time to make it is running out. Produced and mixed by Brett Morris, the 17-song soundtrack features Scott Aukerman, Paul Russ, James Adomian, John Gemberling, Virginia Matthews, Harris Whittles, Mike Cassidy, Mike Still, and Danielle Schneider. What a lineup. Listen to Stolen Idea on Stitcher Premium, and you can get one month of Stitcher Premium free just for being my pal when you go to stitcherpremium.com stolen and enter promo code cracked. So that is stitcherpremium.com stolen. Offer code cracked for one month of free punk rock comedy. Well, yeah, I, I feel like we've got a sense of each of these cities. There's also a few other cities that we had emailed each other about that we can probably work into this. But I want to start to look at these cities in terms of how much can you do with them cinematically? Because like London, part of why I wanted to pick it out is I feel like London has been incredibly cute and comedic a lot. And it's also been the scariest place on earth a lot at the same time. Like you have all these Hugh Grant romantic comedies. You have uh, Love Actually which is one of them kind of and then straight <laughs> it, it up like is. yeah it is and then <laughs> uh, Bridget Jones Notting Hill there's tons of stuff yeah, yeah. and then uh, and that they also have uh, something called Ealing Comedies because there was a studio called Ealing Studios in London where in the 40s and 50s they shot these just like completely charming black and white comedy movies and like that was the point of London was like oh we have comedy and then at the same time they've got 28 days later where like they clear out the city and you just see it as this terrifying empty thing uh, American Werewolf in London is the whole point is there's a werewolf in London you know like that's the it's it's just I think entirely Jack the Ripper is still one of the first things I think of when you say the word London yeah made a lot of interview you know, with a vampire they were in yeah. London too yeah yeah and they were in New Orleans well and also London has such a gangster movie thing like you've got not just the Guy Ritchie stuff but Eastern Promises which is mostly about crazy Russian guys mm-hmm. it's just in London they just turn <laughs> London into a bleak Eastern European city somehow where Vigo Moore Mortensen's kicking people naked. You know, it's it's an incredible canvas for doing everything from those horrible gangster things mm-hmm. to the Beatles movie A Hard Day's Night and the Spice Girls movie Spice World. You know, it's like a rabbit duck thing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Where you're yeah. like, if you turn it this way, like some American tourist is about to propose to his British life. Yeah. But if you turn it this way, Eva Green's a vampire. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my problem is whichever way you turn it, it's raining and you're eating <laughs> shit food. That's my problem with London, friend. <laughs> Prove me wrong. You're doing, you're doing so well for like uh, someone who doesn't live in no, New York. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it shit, is. F- shit food over there. I, I know it. <laughs> 
That is that is very fair that it's always raining. Because like even uh, one thing I think that is in its favor is that James Bond movies, which have a history of setting themselves in only the most amazing locations all the time, have started to be in London a lot because mm-hmm. it's become a, it's always been an interesting city, but especially more and more now, like from block to block, it's totally different. There'll be something from the 1600s next to a giant skyscraper in Canary Wharf. And they're turning London into a setting that they feel is fantastic for James Bond. But you remind me that almost all the time when they're there, it's still gray and raining. Like there's always sure, that yeah. raining thing in movies in London. It's they, I kind of like that though, about movies in London. That yeah. and the Tower of London itself. Like I wish, I don't wish, but like I think it'd be cool if there was like a futuristic movie set in London where like the Tower in London is like actually functioning the way it used to again because that's pretty oh. fucked up. Like medieval torture. Yeah. Right. Like the Tower of London in itself, I just have this strange fascination because there's some fucked up stories. Yeah. With Sauron's eye at the top yes. of that thing. Have it, yeah, just yeah. checking people through their windows. Well, and that even that reminds me a bit of Children of Men when uh, the, the whole city, but especially when he's in that arc of the arts and he, yes. they just have all of the, the, they have Guernica and Pink Floyd all just hold up in Battersea. And it's, a, it's such a distinctive, crazy way to use what was just a perfectly nice power station in a city. But I don't want to just be all about London all the time. Like, New York is also a, a big genre powerhouse. Like, that probably can't be ignored either. Yeah, so you have gangster stuff, Godfather. I mean, Gangs of New York is kind of a gangster movie-ish. I mean, that's like, but you have that. You have sort of mafia-esque stuff, you know, 40s and 50s through today, through Sopranos. You have Woody Allen oeuvre, which... We're not going to talk about uh, his personal life, but you have this sort of these sort of stories of tortured intellectuals uh, in New York, whether they're uh, middle-aged Jewish men who like dating younger women, or strange through, doctors with magical powers. <laughs> through to, through it, to like Doctor yeah. Strange. Yeah, I, I think that even I think the the sort of Woody Allen vibe even comes forward to like what we see in Girls, where it's where it's about these young tortured intellectual girls who are trying to make it in the city and there's spoilers there's, <laughs> spoilers they girls be, spoilers they become women <laughs> oh, no, I, I didn't know it was about girls oh okay I, i'm just getting into it i was just on the gi i thought it was a military thing hadn't read the rls yet what uh, go you'll, on. Re, you'll get the joke when yeah. you listen to the episode later I'm cut all of this <laughs> He has Homer Simpson there's, reading level. It's, yeah, you have uh, movies about finance. Like there's the, the whole financial. Yeah, the area. thrilling genre of movies about margin finance. call. But kind of yeah, like Wolf Wall of Wall Street. Street. Oh, Wall Street sucks. Sucks. Money never Wolf of Wall Street sucked. I hate Wolf of Wall yeah, Street so it much. <laughs> oh, why? What's wrong? Different I'm podcast. Podcast. <laughs> I'm on, I'm, You don't take a literal monster who's still alive. Aggrandize his life story and give him some of the exactly. money. Jordan Belfort should be in jail. Yeah, he should be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're talking about like the the validity of whether these movies are good or whether sure. their uh, right. their creators are like good people or not. We're talking about the like the filmic quality, the cinematic history and quality of these cities. Yeah, how much Come you can on. draw out of it. Yeah, yeah. 
So, and I also I feel like New York has gained an extra layer now that all movies are comic book movies because just through luck, but also because '40s and '50s comic comics artists saw the potential, they set everything in New York. Well, a lot of them were from New, New York. York. That's why. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So, like, if you like look at like Captain America, and like you look at all these comic book, like the creators were making these heroes based out of something that they were pulling from their own life. So like a lot of them were, you know, the kids of immigrants and mm-hmm. that's why they yeah. created and or they dealt with being bullied because of the fact that their family was not, you know, white and, you know, Anglo-Saxon. So that's kind of why that's the setting because that's a lot of them were GIs or whatever and they yeah. came over and that was like the stories they were telling and that's how they were using the medium. Absolutely. I've yeah. long said if Stanley <clears throat> grew up in Machu Picchu, the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe would be very different. Another thing I think that makes superheroes work, superhero stories work so well in New York is the feeling of like helplessness, I guess. Oh, It's yeah. one of those things, mm-hmm. like it kind of helps you take control or at least figure out that there's some semblance of control. Like, because if I like, I feel like if I fell down outside, like I'm, Fairly tall, but I'm a lean guy, so people would just trample me for years. And then they'd find me like 10 years later and be like, sucks for that guy. He shouldn't have fallen down. Oh, man. Um, but <laughs> We'll be careful, I guess. <laughs> no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Alex is realizing he's also a lean guy. Yeah, wait a and minute. And he didn't know this was a risk until they'll today. Yeah. They'll fall yeah. down and they'll yell at you as they stamp over you. That's how New York goes. But, Can we just bump up my flight? <laughs> bump up my flight? <laughs> no. But it's... It's kind of a feeling of um, kind of hackney at this point, like you're surrounded by people, but I've never felt more lonely, like that kind of thing. Uh, mm. That comes from a real place. Yeah, the yeah. city does do that exact thing to but you. Here's but here's but there's a reason why it does that. Like I think, and I think that reason is because historically, all the people that came over here to New York because it was a major port for immigrants, they stuck with the people that were from their country, and they didn't know yeah. how to commute yeah. with anyone else. So I think that like clickiness to some level, because that's how you get all the different neighborhoods that have mm-hmm. like a different vibe, yeah. I think that kind of just carried over in a way. Like yeah. I think people move to certain neighborhoods because it fits whatever their personality or aesthetic or whatever is, and you kind of just like stick with yeah. You do definitely yeah. get the impression when you're not from New York and you visit it frequently that it's not a monolithic society. Yeah. It's yeah. this interwoven like layering of many different societies. Some are on a slightly different schedule than all the other ones. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, there's like networks of things and people just overlaid on each other in this one area. Like it's very difficult for me to come above 14th Street still. And it's like I had to today and now that I like have to actually physically go to work at 30 Rock Monday through Friday, it's like, oh, I'm going so far. It feels like you're going to another country, you know? So it's definitely part of that. And then there's people from Uptown, they're like, oh, I would never go beneath 34th Street. Well, and let's keep throwing cities in because the, the logistics of New York and New Jersey, it's reminding me of Los Angeles. L.A. is such a film setting, partly because that's the location they make a lot of it in. It's where most of the stuff is that they yeah. make the movies yeah. with. So they're like, let's just not move our stuff very far. Yeah, but <laughs> I feel like a lot of movies fall into the genre of uh, either the, the director or the actors or something. someone along the line were like, but I would like to sleep in my own bed tonight. <laughs> Is there a reason? Right. So that's why so many generic human stories that could be anywhere, you get a feeling a lot of the producers ask, is there a reason it can't be shot down the block from my house? Yeah, so many like Apatow comedies just kind of take place in every city. I watched Role Models, the rewatched that the other night. It's really funny. It takes place in LA for no reason at all. So many of these like Duplass brother comedies all take place in the Hollywood Hills 
for no reason at all other than like, oh, I, I don't want to rent a camera. It's close in to their house. Well, yeah. I'm convinced like, that every Apatow movie takes place on the same block, and it's like <laughs> all on Judd Apatow's. And the street. last one's it's gonna pan right. out, and they're all like having a, a block party. It's a together. shared universe. Just That's what I think. Unbearably yeah. quirky block that people drive quick past. They're like, we don't want Adam Sandler to flag us down. Yeah, just like drive, I'm convinced yeah. this is 40. It was really his house, and just Paul Probably. Rudd showed up at his house to shoot a movie with his wife like with Judd Apatow's wife every day what if the what if, what if the ending is you go all the way back to the beginning of the block and it's Steve Carell being like I'm glad I lost my virginity those years ago <laughs> <laughs> moved out of the neighborhood happily looking virgin back. you've opened up a universe of possibilities <laughs> I mean there's a term for that sort of aesthetic it's called San Frangeles which is when something kind of takes place for on some reason, coast. on the west, <laughs> yeah, totally. Which means it was kind of shot in the valley. Or yeah, because like LA well, is so sprawly and unspecific. I think it ends up as the basket for a lot of unspecific movies. Well, <laughs> I actually, I would actually, I think it is actually specific. Often, like it does that thing we're talking about. Yes, there's a whole other side of movies that do care that it's yeah. Because yeah. like for one thing, it's a very very new city in the world. Like uh, obviously, people have lived there for years and years and years. But as far as a city of LA it's only really grown into a thing in the 20th century and then you have a lot of movies kind of stacked up on each other that are period dramas set in a recent time too and they're using LA to do that like LA Confidential is a very specific period Boogie Nights is a very specific period yeah. Chinatown is sort sort of LA Confidential's period but around then you know as far as making the city a character I don't see a lot of places making modern day real like what LA is right now into a character but fucking Nightcrawler. Did you guys see Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler is great. In the yeah. same way that you're like, New York City, I agree. New York City easily becomes a character in your film. Nightcrawler makes LA a character in a way that I really enjoyed. Can I also say, when you were going to get to that, I thought you were going to be like, uh, not a lot of cities have made modern LA a thing, but have you seen La La Land? <laughs> right? <laughs> I think that was shot in LA. Let me check on my phone, but I'm pretty so sure. So real. Wait, yeah. it's funny because like you're saying how like LA is so nondescript, and like there's a joke actually in the first Austin Powers movie about that. Oh, how oh. they're like, oh, it's funny how you know the like the English countryside looks nothing like Southern California. Right. <laughs> As he drives by a palm tree, yeah, yeah a tour bus, yeah. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, because well, just as a just pure filming location stuff, there's a I think reasonably famous map online that's some studio made in the 20s or 30s where it's regions of Southern California labeled with this can look like the desert, this can look like uh, the mm -hmm. woods, this can look like Canada, this can look like this Europe. This looks like the medieval, medieval, medieval Europe or something like that. Yeah, One of the yeah. easiest ways to ruin film for yourself is just look for palm trees because they're, they actually only grow <laughs> in abundance in a few specific places on Earth. Yeah. And still movies constantly shoot just pickups in LA. You know, it's just a car driving by. And you'd be like, but there's four palm trees and this takes place in Kansas. That's, <laughs> yeah, I feel ruined. like there is though, there's some, and like maybe I'm talking out of turn and maybe you need to cut this later, I don't know. But like, I feel like there are some movies in LA that the city does actually lend to the vibe. And it's almost always like stuff like Boys in the Hood and like whenever you're in Compton yeah, or yeah, like yeah. that, Central. yeah, anytime you're in that part of LA, you know, even without anyone saying the setting that it's that part of LA. Yeah, absolutely. Like just even if there was no person standing there, yeah. I feel like that's the only part of LA that's like not nondescript. Yeah, maybe. Okay, yeah, it's crime, either. Well, crime is 
compelling. In the same way that New York, if you see an Ita- empty Italian restaurant and the right music plays, and yeah. like a mafia scene's about to happen. Yeah, Someone's <laughs> about to get clapped. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, if they just eat ravioli, I'll be pretty disappointed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Alex, <laughs> you first introduced <laughs> L.A. Weird, what do you see as big top-level adjectives that are unique to L.A.? Or, yeah, what is yeah. the L.A. feel? I think, for one thing, it's that ability to stack a lot of different specific periods in it, and then that what you bring up, share about Compton is is such a thing, too. Uh, and then there's also the way that it seems to just be great for action movies. And I don't know if it's all the highways it's got or just that weird, if you've been by Nakatomi Tower from Die Hard, which is not actually called that, like there's just a weird random skyscraper with nothing around it. I don't know. Great. It just But did that's that. like a good point which you bring up about like the action movies, because it's like that one, I don't know the name of the road, but they've used it in Fear of the Walking Dead. They used it in Terminator. They used it in Greece, where it's like you go under that underpass. Oh, it's famous. Oh, it's in it's, like four thousand like, movies. It's like Second Street, I think it it's is. A, it's downtown. a numbered downtown street. Yeah, 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 yeah for like sure. Second or Fourth Street, something like that. Yeah, and it's a famous right. And yeah, like, and it's like, like all. It's like such a famous movie scene that every time I see it in a movie. I'm like, oh, that's and LA. It's a, yeah. <laughs> and it's a yeah. sort of white tiled uh, tunnel so that yes. really, you, the lights reflect really beautifully yes. off of it. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like Terminator type movies do so much with that, where it can be a modern city that's also collapsing because of this terrible apocalypse that's happening right now because of the robots um and then also la is the city for we're making a movie movies like every singing yeah. in a rain yeah, a movie, about movie a musical and it's it's Bow the home finger. of that. what about like yeah. uh, a great movie and a little bit <laughs> it is Bow the finger. place for like uh which is not a type of movie we do much anymore, but wacky beach party teen fun movie. I like the Annette Funicello, Frankie Valli movies. <laughs> yeah, like Baywatch, I'm sure, is near L.A. If I'm not seeing it, but where's the Baywatch, Baywatch set? Um, I don't know. Or the, the show, movie, but the show is set in L.A. Oh, yeah. All right, there you go. Yeah, so beach also. It's like, it's the beach that you can swim at as opposed Point to New Bright? York's beach. Yeah. Point Break yeah. was set in, wasn't it? Set yeah. in L.A.? Oh, there yeah, you yeah. Go. Yeah. So, like, by default, if you're going to do a surfing movie, we also got you covered. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and the one other thing it's uh, particularly great for is scary movies just based around humans being scary to humans. Like, whether it's Mulholland Drive where it's very... Falling down. Nightcrawler. Yeah. 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 Nightcrawler, exactly. Yeah. It, it's particularly good at monster movies that don't have any monsters in them. You it's know, it's great. funny. New York, if you're going to do a dark film, like you said, often it's, yeah... Uh, there's so many people here that it makes me feel alone. We're all condensed. And I think L.A. does the opposite, where a lot of movies try to say, look, we sprawled out so much that everyone's alone and disconnected. And it's like, well, what do you want us to do? <laughs> yeah. Live in a medium-sized community. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel personally a lot safer walking down the street at four in the morning in New York than I do oh, yeah. in L.A. Yeah. I That's feel how like I felt so when I lived people. in Charlotte. It freaked me out that, like... That there's no people. Yeah. 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 And, and I I felt really and I lived like in a pretty decent neighborhood in Charlotte and I was like um the street light is too far away from the other street light and it really freaked me out it was too quiet at night we're I think we're finding something interesting with uh, the South and also uh, a feeling of what's going on like uh, Sherry had picked out New Orleans and yeah. also um, Brett you had picked out Miami and just greater Florida and I feel like those locations are both have tons of character to them in uh, in really outrageous ways. <laughs> yeah, New Orleans, I am obsessed with that city, and I think it's because, first of all, the architecture is so distinct in New Orleans. Yeah. But the thing that draws me to it is 
it has such a sordid, fucked up past and history that's still so much part of like the fabric of the culture there. Yeah. Not just obviously with everything as far as like race and the whole nine, but the mysticism of that city is what draws me to that city. I don't blow, I don't buy into any of it, but when I'm in New Orleans, I'm like, I need to go to every fucked up like graveyard tour. Hey. I want to go where all like, you know, the people that practice food, I want to be around that because it's fascinating to me. So I think, I think there needs to be more shit done in New Orleans. More, yeah, because definitely. I, uh, the movie that jumps to mind for me is *The Princess and the Frog*, which is an animated Disney movie mm. with all yes. kinds of crazy occult stuff in it. Because it's in New Orleans. I mean, the first thing I thought of when I said New Orleans was *Interview with a Vampire*, but then there's like so many. I don't know. I feel like there's other weird shit that's taking place. Well, I think of like *A Time to Kill* too. It's like My outside opinion. of New Orleans. Yeah. 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 A lot of stuff is, is being shot in New Orleans now because they're one of these cities and, and states uh, that is offering a lot of tax tax yeah. write-offs. Yeah. So a lot of stuff is is being shot there. So The most a, inspiring thing, <laughs> tax write-offs. That is one of those cities where if you are from New Orleans, you see – like um, I think that I think Twenty One Jump Street, the newest one, uh, the new one with Channing Tatum, uh, the first one took play uh, was shot in New Orleans, and it's becoming that sort of like San Frangeli's sort of thing, where it's like, oh, this is kind of any city USA, mm. and we're now seeing a few other cities, Atlanta, as I mentioned earlier, are becoming these sort of stand-in cities where it's like, oh, it's not, it's not any city, it's just wherever you think it is. But I feel like New Orleans but, is like hard to be like that because you really feel like. Yeah, you're stepping back into time, like almost what I would yeah. imagine Cuba yeah. would be like, because you just go back and it's like so much is preserved there from like so many decades ago, and it looks so different. Yeah, you know? if you're well, interested in the, like the history and culture of the area, I just have to recommend friends of the show, The Dollop, have a, an incredible recent episode everyone listening should uh, hear called The Acadians about like the very unique history of the culture, like the people who had the Creole culture and how they yeah. ended up there. Yeah. It was a great episode. Yeah, New Orleans and it's, is so, it's a such, fascinating yeah. culture. It's such a fascinating culture and the thing like speaking to the culture, like everyone associates it with like Cajun and Creole, but it's like when I went to New Orleans, I found out, you know, like one of the most famous sandwiches that everyone gets at um, Central Grocery is actually because there was a huge Italian like culture that existed in New Orleans and it still permeates in a lot of wow. what people associate with New Orleans to like, today. So big mob presence there? Totally. Okay. But no, like, there was, it's just like, there's, and I started learning like all this stuff about, you know, obviously the French influence there is very obvious, but you know, all these other cultures that still influence it. I think people don't really realize it's almost like a New York in that sense. Like it has all these cultures that built on top of each other yeah. that became part of the New Orleans culture. That's such a great connection because also uh, uh, we had a episode in the past where we had the author of a book called American Nations. It was Colin Woodard was his name. They talked about his, his premise was that the original European settlers of an area sort of formatted the hard drive of that place for Americans down the line. And where New York is the one Dutch part, uh, bit of the country, New Orleans is the French bit of the country. And like you say, all the architecture yeah. and all those different cultures have stacked up since then. But it's got that incredibly specific thing that the rest of the country lacks. Colin Quinn has this stand up that's on Netflix right now. And he does this whole bit about all the cultures that like the times in New York when they moved in and how it's changed. And it's really based on obviously him growing up in New York, mm -hmm. but he talks about everything and it's pretty funny and fascinating at the same time because it's pretty accurate. And he talks cool. about how New York became this New York culture because it's, you know, all these different things. It's Jewish, it's 
um, you know, Italian, it's Puerto Rican, and they're all woven into the fabric of the city as it, everyone knows it today. And I feel like that would apply also to a place like New Orleans. Yeah, and I think uh, making a connection back to the earlier part of the show, I think that also made me realize that's got to be one of the reasons it's so compelling for superheroes. Because if you save Tucson, Arizona, you're saving a particular demographic of Americans from obliteration. But if you save New oh, York, yeah. you're not literally saving the world, but you're at least saving a representative sample yeah. of everyone yeah. in the world. Oh, that's a good yeah. point. <laughs> it's a bigger... I mean, even the, yeah. the the first wow. X Men, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman X Men, like the big thing that they have to save at the end is some like UN assembly on an island yeah. next to because it's got to uh, represent Liberty. the yeah. world, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's amazing. Um, well, and also with more specific places like Brad, as far as Florida goes, I do have. I feel like I have a definite pop cultural conception of Florida, and it's probably a lot from movies. Yeah, I mean. I've never been to Florida, but I think Florida is really cool. You have Miami, so you have all sorts of movies with like a Miami vibe to them, whether they're Scarface or Pain and Gain or um, uh, Magic Mike. And there's sort of this like beachy, neon nightclub. You even have. Grand Theft Auto, uh, Vice City, which pulls for egregious a lot of butt shots that just linger and linger. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You have this sort of L.A. thing, but like it's done up. It's a little bit more extreme. And then also, once you get out of, once you get out of that of Miami, which again I should also mention has like a lot of um, Cuban culture and yeah, sort sure, of, of uh, Caribbean and the Art cultures. Deco design. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Once you get out of that, then you have like. Weird swampland swamp people. Gators. Yeah, yeah. You got gators adaptation with Chris Cooper's character, like fighting alligators and doing weird yeah. drugs like made out of orchids, sweating in the jungle. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think Florida is cool in movies. I, and from, like the notoriously the dumbest, craziest criminals ever. Which on Cracked we've debunked. Yeah. We know the reason why. Uh, Florida just has a bad rap for having all the crazy criminals yeah. because their records are public. But if we're just going by what we believe about the place, you'd have people pulling off wacky heists left and right. Yeah, yeah Florida's good. Plus, <laughs> I, I you also love, have. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, uh, I just like. Um, I don't know. Like whenever I think of like Miami set movies or like Florida set movies, it's just like I can't. Whether it's like uh, like something like Miami Vice or something like uh, like early Michael Mann movies and it's just yeah. dudes in kind of off-white suits with a slight ring of sweat and you don't like know the it's collars it's and because stuff. they've been walking around yeah, all day or, or doing a lot of coke and yeah, you, you know, I was going to ask is doing cocaine mandatory if you live in the filmic version of Miami I would say so okay. <laughs> like, and this movie doesn't play, take place in Miami it takes place I think in St. Pete uh, but Spring Breakers, I love. Yeah. That movie. Oh, Spring Breakers. Spring break. Doesn't Which also is isn't there like Spring some like Juggaloo mansion like that's outside of Miami? There's somewhere in Florida. There's like some. I believe it. There's a yeah. meeting yeah. of Juggalos. Yeah, like a Juggalo. <laughs> oh. No, it's like some dude that like he has this house where all these like Juggalo chicks live, and he. I think Sharon, it's, uh, I that mean. is the president of the United <laughs> States you're talking about. <laughs> you're right. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Mar-a-Lago. I'm sorry. We've got time for one or two more C's. I don't want to leave without uh, going out of the United States again and looking at Tokyo because Michael and yeah. Daniel, you both brought that up. And I feel like that is such a distinctive like visual kaleidoscope of a city in every movie. 
Well, I was about to accuse us of being way too America-centric. I guess it makes sense, but uh, yeah, let's yeah. get out of the U.S., you, did, you guys. You did also run together most of Northern Europe before. At least it's not the U.S. <laughs> I'm true. talking yeah, Machu Picchu. I'm talking Bruges. Why I'm did you pick Tokyo. Machu Picchu, though? Like, yeah, what? You just like, let me find the most random-ass shit to say. What made you pick that? Uh, specifically the works of Kurt Vonnegut. Alex will know this. In the Kurt Vonnegut universe, which we said, <laughs> how is it depicted? And there's two things. You mm -hmm. like the culture of New Orleans and the yes. mythology. Mm -hmm. I love Central American mythology. It's my favorite. Like, Inca mm -hmm. and Mayan folklore is just happens to be my, like, out of Greek myths and yeah. Arthurian. Like, I love the, their demons and monsters yeah. and gods and magic. Um, so that... Plus the fact that in the Kurt Vonniverse, in several books, uh, it's implied that Machu Picchu will become the last bastion of humanity where all the rich scientists yeah. move. Is, is there any movie stuff, though? Yeah. Like, I feel yes. like 2012. Like no, Apocalypto, arguably. I mean, it's not in Machu Picchu, but no. I'm like, depictions of... Uh, oh, like ancient Central America, Mesoamerica. Yeah. Because when you said that, I instantly thought of ancient aliens because they're always talking about, like, that part of the world. And then, like, and then at the same time, this was happening over in ancient Rome. Yeah. I feel like... Yeah. Isn't Machu Picchu in the movie 2012? Isn't that a thing? I've never seen 2012. I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. I believe it, it comes is. up there. Yeah. But Tokyo's better than New York, and here's why. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Holy whoa. left turn. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> to me, Tokyo is almost all the things you said about New York are true of Tokyo. But if there's going to be a crime, it's going to be samurai related or yakuza related, it which is cooler than racist. the mafia. In Way movies, though, maybe mafia. the movies are racist. Okay. Well, samurai <laughs> existed and were real. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> that, when like, I think. New York is a melting pot, so every culture that you delve into to like give your story some flavor or cultural roots or like interest in that direction, you're always just gonna break down and go like, well, what subgroup of, like we're gonna follow Italian Americans in New York. In this movie, we're gonna follow Korean Americans in New York. Whereas I feel like in movies that Americans make about Tokyo, because obviously in Tokyo, I'm sure they make all kinds of movies that take <laughs> yeah. place in Tokyo. It's either always the future and the future's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> or there's going to be some Yakuza or Ronin involvement. And, and that pleases me. I just think <laughs> that's cooler than the New York stuff you get in movies about New York. But I also noticed like, every city you picked only has one like race in the city. Or at least an overwhelming culture that is that defines that city. Yeah. Right. Okay. Is that bad? No, I just I think that's interesting because <laughs> yeah. it's a theme. That I, I think it's interesting that you only <laughs> thought of cities in America when asked to name the best cities in the world. I think I said London. Did I? <laughs> yeah, I was sure with you was in Atlanta with me. I just yeah. ate up a lot I was multicultural. Yeah, yeah. Cultural. I, I can't only talk. picked American cities. Yeah. You're racist. I'm trying to keep business in America. <laughs> well, also, uh, well, well, Daniel. For, yeah, yeah, why, why did Daniel pick Tokyo is a separate question. Well, um, my one of my favorite things about uh, movies that are set in Tokyo is that it's cool to see the different levels depending on whether it's people that aren't from Tokyo going to Tokyo, people like like dramas uh, about Japanese people that live in Tokyo, and then like the genre movies that people in Tokyo make about Tokyo. When people uh, when people that aren't from Tokyo usually make movies about Tokyo, it's usually very much like, oh my gosh, bright lights, anime, panties that come out of vending machines like, like yeah. Noodle, yeah. noodle stall in the yeah. future yeah um and then there's uh there's movies uh made by japanese people set in tokyo 
that are very like I don't want to call them they're not very traditional but they're kind of like they're res very respectful about it there's not a lot of like glorification of it I don't want to say that it doesn't have like the same mythologizing of New York or like of the city that like New York filmmakers have because a lot of even if like the movies about like dude went to New York and got killed in New York like the mo like the theme of the movie is like man but isn't New York you just can't get a better hot dog anywhere else like yeah. that kind of thing but um P uh movies about uh Tokyo set in Tokyo usually are very uh they they don't have that sense Daniel um, can you shout and, out a couple titles of like Japanese movies ab about Tokyo yeah. just so people at home because like right now everyone's like oh yeah Godfather I know that one but it might be people might not Godfather? know Godfather Yeah like well, like made you mean no, made I, by Japanese people Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's um a lot, a lot of them I'm going to bring up that people probably aren't uh, going to watch. The, I know, The Last ever, Samurai. That was you, super <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> if you ever watch, like, Japanese uh, filmmakers they, that talk about, like, uh, dramas. Like, for example, one of my favorite filmmakers is a guy named uh, Shohei Imamura, uh, who did a fantastic movie on Criterion Collection. Uh, there's a... Shout out to the Criterion Collection. If you ever want to watch one of the best Japanese filmmakers of all time, get Vengeance is Mine, which is the best serial killer movie ever made, and cool. then get Pigs, Pimps, and Battleships, which is all about domestic feminist drama set uh, in various years of Japan. Ooh, I want to see um, that. But, that sounds uh, great. The what? It sounds great. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other one is uh, genre movies, which are usually about giant monsters destroying Tokyo, where you still get to see kind of the lights, but it's all... I, I don't I don't know I have never been to Tokyo but it's all kind of feels very like subtle and that's maybe because they don't want to spend all the money necessarily to like make lights everything's kind of like gray buildings that like Mothra is like plan plan. Although um, there's also a very strong undercurrent of yeah. Japan as a people saw two of their cities destroyed by a giant monster yeah. from the sky so that's still part of their fictive yeah, like shared heritage. Yeah. There's a weird um if people if you ever get the chance uh watch uh. The latest Godzilla, Shin Gojira, which is all about <laughs> Japan's kind of state as like a primarily pacifist nature in a world that seems to be increasingly like, you got nukes, I got nukes, we got nukes, where's your nukes? Yeah. Like that kind of thing. And it, I like uh, I like movies that are set in Japan, especially when they have to kind of deal with the outside world. Because, you know, uh, I don't exactly remember the exact specific, like the Japanese Special Defense Force, where mm -hmm. uh, for a long time they were like, we don't. They don't operate like other armies do. They're very much like, kind of, <laughs> kind of yeah. held back. Yeah. And it's it's kind of I don't know. It's kind of fascinating to watch movies about Japan by Japanese people rather than movies about America that are still trying to find like what's the kooky thing about Tokyo that we're gonna look. And into? that's because I'm taking heat from Cher over here on the left. I want to find out. Yeah, that's it was I, an observation. That's what I thought the prompt <laughs> was. So yeah, I was talking about Tokyo only from the guise of American film. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, while we're on that topic, uh, well, especially because Tokyo is just a very large city. So in the same way that our LA movies by people in LA are just about whatever, they have tons of movies that are just about whatever. But uh, Kikujiro, like I'm saying, I challenge you to watch Kikujiro and Tokyo Godfathers and not want to live in Tokyo more than New York. <laughs> wow, yeah. Those are two movies that, that well, Kikujiro's not specific to Tokyo because it's like a travel movie. But they really... Japan can absolutely be a character in your film. Yeah. Yeah. Hardcore. Totally. And, and I also I feel like I've seen a few, especially sci-fi movies that have 
specifically exported Tokyo to another city. Like Blade Runner's LA yeah. has a lot of elements of Tokyo. Oh, in it. that's LA. Okay, and, it's been so right, long. Right, right. That was one of my movies. <laughs> and it's also I'm, a cool LA thing. Yeah, I but, was uh, counting that as to- as a Tokyo movie. That's oh, funny. yeah. Yeah, but it, it's sort of, and even they okay. very literally did it in Big Hero 6 recently where they live in the city of San Francisco and yeah. it is both of them just mashed together. It's kind of like, in a, and I know it's not a movie, but in The Man in Hightower where they have mm. parts High of the, yeah, yeah. the, yeah, yeah. the High Castle, sorry. <laughs> um, where they have parts of the country, one part is run by the Japanese and one part's run by the Germans. So like right. the whole West Coast is all run by the Japanese. And it's just interesting to see how like the pieces of Japanese culture yeah, totally. are in the cities. And, and also in that same show, New York is so fascinatingly fascist. <laughs> it's, it's really strange. It's really, it is. Fascinating? That's fascist-nate. a poor Yeah. <laughs> As I said that, I was like, I'm just all one syllable yeah. a lot here. Um, well, guys, thank you so much, guys. I, I kind of want to check back in and see, has anybody's idea of what's the most filmic city in the world shifted or changed a bit? Like, I'm, I'm starting to come much more around to New York and also my own backup of LA as we talk about it, but I don't know about you guys. Let's go around. We'll start with uh, whoever feels good. <laughs> Tokyo. My joke Tokyo answer, Illinois. my yeah. Bruges thing. Well, I think it's interesting enough for the listeners to listen to, but I think if I if you said what's your real answer, I'd say Tokyo. Tokyo. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm I'm probably gonna I I like Tokyo. I am way when you first asked us to do this, my initiation was like. Everyone's going to choose NYC. Everyone's going to say there's things in NYC. But I find myself being more and more fascinated by New York City as a filming location or yeah. as like a, a, a place in movies. Um, I'm still going to stick with my Charlotte answer, mainly because I'd like Ooh. to see movies set in the South approach it from different ways than either Nicholas Sparks or Deliverance. Uh, I'd, <laughs> yeah, I'd, really. like to see, I'd like to see a wider range of movies that treat uh, cities in the South like actual like like actual locations rather than the backdrop of like, you guys know that if you go in the South, you'll meet killer hillbillies or right. you'll meet a guy that's going to take away your career and make you watch him ride horses for the rest of your life. <laughs> like that's, I don't know. I, I, hope that, I hope that progresses. But again, that probably depends on a lot of tax write-offs. I would like to see Nicholas Sparks' Deliverance. Yes. I think that's a good reboot. Cosign. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no pretty mouse like yours in that yeah. big city. You got to stay here. <laughs> Squeal like my childhood piggy that died and I miss every day. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, what about you? How are you feeling about uh, New York City? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing the shirt. He yeah. has put on the I Heart NY shirt. <laughs> yeah, and share too. Like, are you still? It's still my top one. Yeah. But I'm realizing this conversation that like I want someone to suggest a city that none of us would have thought of, and like try to sell it to me. Like, not oh, sell it just yeah. to me, but like I feel like there was really solid arguments. Clearly, Mika Pichu the most, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but there was really solid arguments, and I I understand everybody's perspective. But, like, there's so many cities we didn't even yeah. think of. I yeah. feel like we were right. pretty obvious in most of our selections, except for 
Well, I'm somebody. sure. <laughs> I'm sure after we post this, no one on the internet will tell us that. We're no, wrong. and yeah. nobody There'll ever. No none feedback. of the cracked readers ever have a comment no. on anything yeah. ever. There will be no input at You're Alex like, Schmitty. Tell you me, come to no Bangalore at you the Shareness. Let me hear it. <laughs> Bangalore is a vibrant film character. How dare you? Oh, it is though. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. <laughs> we skipped Bollywood completely. Yeah. Oh God, we're so racist. Well, that's. <laughs> I was. No. Gonna, I almost said statistically. I think Bali is probably the most filmically represented. Yeah, I, maybe I mean, LA. I don't know. I'd wonder. Just sheer numbers, at least. Yeah, it's just be. how much film has been spent on a city the most? Is it Bali or is it LA? I don't know. I almost, yeah. I almost. Uh, mine was about to be Deadwood, before, yeah. <laughs> before I was like, do not subject them to like an hour-long lecture about the thematic relevance of the town in Deadwood. Right, because we were going to be like, why Deadwood? And you're like, all right, sit back. Okay, so there's Al Swearingen, right? And we're like, you just like Deadwood. You can't do this. This was so fun. Thanks, guys. Thank you. I would like to talk about the moon. Oh, I'm podcasting it. The moon. Go back to Jersey. Ain't no moons like this in the moon. (laughs) I'm spacewalking here. Folks, that was the episode for this week. My thanks to Daniel Dockery, Cher Martinetti, Brett Rader, Michael Swaim, and I'd also like to thank the city of New York for being a character all its own, and also for not speaking so I could say more Chicago stuff. Appreciate it, New York. Speaking of more stuff, let's dive into our footnotes. This week, we're picking out a couple cool things about those movies we talked about, especially the particular Japanese ones maybe you've never heard of. Also, I had us throw in a link to a list from Vulture of jokes about New York and Los Angeles because it contains my favorite joke of all time about New York City. It's by a comedian named Mike Lawrence, who you should check out. He has an album called Sadamantium that's really good. But the joke's in there. It's about how there are only a couple kinds of New York stories. I won't try to tell it to you. Just go enjoy. I figure you might like it. You know what else you might like? The live version of this show. We are doing our next live episode October 14th, that's a Saturday, at 7 p.m. at UCB Sunset here in Los Angeles. Hey, that city was on this episode. It's going to be a great time. It's October. It's Spooktober to those of us who are in the know. And we're going to be talking about movie monsters with a panel of David Christopher Bell and Brett Rader from Cracked, along with comedians Hallie Cantor, Greg Edwards, and Danielle Radford. And we're going to find out which monster from myths or urban legends or just the internet ought to have its own horror movie. There are so many options besides making Tom Cruise a mummy, which is actually what Hollywood decided to do this year. That's their best idea. We have better ideas. Come enjoy. Tickets are at UCB Sunset's website, and we'll also link off to them in the description of this episode. And speaking of episodes, we've got podcasts for you all week coming from Cracked, as I mentioned before. We've also got t-shirts for you. If you like this show, go over to podswag.com to get an official Cracked Podcast t-shirt, either celebrating the footnotes or celebrating Schmitty the Clam, or both if you like having multiple shirts. And as far as this episode goes, our theme music is Chicago Falcon by the Budos Band. Our episode was engineered by Andy Christens at the New York office of Earwolf. It was co-produced by Brett Rader. Find Brett at Brett, R-A-D-E-R, on Twitter. And if you love this episode, that's great. If you hated it, let me know about it on social media. That's right, social media, the service I use to find out about all kinds of cities and also NBA trade rumors.
You can find me on Twitter under the name at Alex Schmitty. I'm also on the wider internet at my website, alexschmitty.com. And I'm happy to say we will be back next week with even more Cracked Podcasts. So how about that? Talk to you then. Ready to quake in your headphones because Airwolf's movie podcasts are talking about horror movies the entire month of October. Listen to How Did This Get Made? The Canon and Cracked Movie Club dissect spine tingling horror classics all month long. <laughs> and watch out for special spoo. Spectacular episodes of Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast, The Correct Podcast, and Who Charted? Or should I say, Boo Charted? Subscribe to all these shows and follow along on social media with the hashtag FearWolf. And beware of podcasts that go bump in the This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.